0: Ladies and gentlemen, live down
1: by
2: the river! Starring Mike Murray and Nicole Revine. This is SNL. SNL.
1: SNL. By the numbers.
0: Numbers. Numbers. Hey everybody, what's going on? It is Wednesday night. We do SNL by the numbers on Wednesday nights. We're covering episode 941 hosted by Michael B. Jordan, musical guest, Lil Baby. And I have to start the show tonight with a very special happy birthday to Garrett Morris, who turns 86 today. He is the oldest living cast member in SNL, original cast member from season one. So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot right there to introduce Bill Kenny, And I want to say hello to Bill, check on him. But before we move on from Garrett, I, do you have a favorite Garrett memory, Bill?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many, thanks for having me. First of all. Um, yeah, but absolutely. That's yeah. Uh, boy, he is so underrated. Uh, I, I think he's gotten a lot absolutely. more props over the last 10, 15 years as time has passed and, and we've seen the whole breadth of that first cast. Uh, but probably the going to get me a shotgun and kill all the whiteys I see. I mean, there there, it's hard to beat that. But yeah, of I, course I every time he that. sang on the show too was, was a treat. So, uh, Happy, happy birthday, Garrett. He's on Fly on the Wall this week uh, with Dana and David. So. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, missing he is so still Garrett. sharp as attack.
0: Yeah, and if he, you know, a year from now, he'll be the first SNL cast member to ever reach the age of 87 because George Co died at 86 as well um, He when he was 80, and he's 86. So, Garrett, we hope you make it to 96, and I, wa- I want him to come back on the show. Yes. Um, that's what we need is Garrett, Jane, Lorraine, all of them and i'm very happy to introduce for the first time in season 48 you may know her as tv show graphs makes absolutely incredible content on instagram and twitter it is jamie burwood jamie how are you
2: i am doing great great to be back for the first time this season it feels like forever but yeah really excited to be here and, and chat about this episode
0: Yeah, and we haven't talked to you in a while. The last time we spoke with you, Jamie, was after the Selena Gomez post-Malone episode last May. So yeah, start off by saying, what do you think of season 48 so far? What are you noticing? And just get your overall feel on it.
2: Yeah, I have to say, it's just been a really fun season to watch. I think it's a season that there were a lot of kind of unknowns going into it, right? And that's my favorite kind of season to watch the discussion ends up being half the fun, just kind of seeing who's going to step up each week, seeing kind of what the narrative's going to be as the season progresses. I feel like there, there are seasons where you go into it and you kind of know what to expect and you know kind of the consistency, you know kind of what you're going to get out of the season. And I feel like this one, the fun is kind of in not knowing. Um, I would say for me, the last, the latter half, so far has been stronger than the first half. So I'd like to see that kind of momentum and I, I hope we see that continue, but um, no, I've been having a blast with the season so far.
0: Yeah. A theme of last week's by the numbers show was kind of to label this new era we're in kind of came to the conclusion that this era is, you know, for lack of better words, it just, it's kind of undefinable at the moment because it's so diverse. It's so different. And that's kind of what makes it exciting right now. Um, so, and I'm, um, you know, you saying that makes a ton of sense because I you really don't know what's going to happen each week. And before we move on to the Michael B. Jordan episode, this time of year, Bill, is state of the union season. So I'm seeing you for the first time in 2023. Is the state of SNL strong?
1: Very strong. Uh, I think the last time we spoke was after Steve and Marty. Um, and I mean, the one big change since then, of course, is Cecily leaving, uh, which is a huge loss. But yeah, I think, uh, we've seen five, six, seven episodes in a row where we've gotten some really great material, but maybe more importantly, we haven't gotten any stinkers. There's hasn't been a lot of sketches that you go, wow, that was really terrible, which is always a concern in a transition season like this, uh, season 20, for example. Um, so I, I think the, the fact that we haven't seen a lot of that happening, um, And yeah, I mean, there's so much good going on with this cast, uh, with the hosting decisions, uh, probably the best hosting decisions overall that we've seen since pre-COVID. So yeah, I'm very happy with what we've seen uh, right around the halfway point of the season.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, coming in to uh, this past week, I know we have another first-timer coming up with Pedro Pascal, but 39 out of 52 episodes that goes back to the beginning of 46 which is the first season that the SNL network no, sorry the Saturday network started podcasting it was 46 so from the beginning of that season till now 52 episodes 39 have had a first time host so this is like a trend that I keep bringing up and it's it's stayed consistent for all these seasons now that's 75% and Jamie I'll ask you like do you think that has any like visible influence on the show or if not do you th- is it something that you're enjoying would you prefer kind of have familiar faces on the show more regularly
2: yeah it's an interesting question i'm i'm glad you said that because i've i've felt that perception and was trying to figure out like am i going crazy that this number feels super high um i think for me i i like it in the sense that it adds kind of to the current vibe and era of the show of like tuning in in a given week and not quite knowing what to expect but in a good way and kind of trying to see like not only who on the cast is going to step up but kind of from the hosting side kind of what what a lot of these first-time hosts are really going to do um so I I've enjoyed that I think having said that like there are a lot of folks we've seen for the first time in the last few years that I've now or maybe in in a little bit like to see, come back and kind of make them more friends with the show and and start to get that familiarity. But, um, but yeah, overall I've liked it.
0: And just, uh, to talk about Michael B. Jordan, um, just cause he's the most recent host. What did you think of just him as a host last week? Because for me, I thought he was like the kind of host that I like, which is it wasn't in it too much. And we're going to look at some stats in you know, a couple of seconds, but I just thought, you know, it wasn't about him even being funny. Just his acting was so good. And I looked at his IMDb today, and I realized I've only ever seen him in one movie. And it was in a movie called Hardball from, like, 2001. Um, Bill, I know you're a baseball fan. Do you know this movie Hardball? Yes,
1: I do. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about stinkers. Wow. Yeah. That's the only thing you've seen him in. Wow. Yeah, and I
0: could believe because I've known his name and face for a really long time. He's been, like, wicked famous for a while. But I was like, "Oh, I just I, I you don't like that movie, Hardball? I, I I quote it probably all the time. It's great. Uh, it's
1: it's okay. I mean, the baseball baseball <laughs> movies are have such a high standard from the Bull Durham's and things like that. So um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but I know him from all the way back to the Wire. I was a huge Wire fan. He was in the first oh, season of the Wire. Uh, he was actually in the Sopranos, which you know when you go back and rewatch that you forget that he's this little kid on, on a bike uh in the first season of the sopranos so okay I, well i'm familiar see- with a oh, lot okay. of his stuff
0: i guess so. i've seen him in that too
1: <laughs> but yeah yeah I, i've seen him in most of his stuff uh i'm a big marvel fan as well so obviously i've seen black panther uh Fruitvale station is one of the best dramas of the last 10 years so uh seen him around quite a bit
0: yeah, so I just uh, pulled up on the screen. Just we haven't done this all season yet. Um, look at the host stats. So I figured it was a good time. We're 11 in. We've had 12 hosts, and I just you know one of the things I found interesting. So they're organized right now by screen time, um, and I'll read through them real quick. Miles Teller at the top with 26 minutes 50 seconds, followed by Amy Schumer at 26:36, Aubrey Plaza 25 minutes 4 seconds, Kiki Palmer 23:39. Marty Short, 23.10. Brennan Gleason, 21.22. Dave Chappelle, 21.13. Austin Butler, 20 minutes, 12 seconds. Michael B. Jordan, 19 minutes, 59 seconds. Steve Martin, 19 minutes, 37 seconds. And then Jack Harlow, 17.18. And Megan Thee Stallion, 17.06. Obviously, they were both double duty. So if you include their musical performances, Jack Harlow will be at 24.41. Meg Thee Stallion at 24.34. Um so that's how I'm I'm arranging them right now but I also want to look at like the bread and butter of being a host which is starring in live sketches and of course you get a monologue that's all about you. So I put their numbers for that and you know what what chunk of their night was dedicated to either live sketches or the monologue. So if you're watching with us um you can see those as well. But um I'll go to you Jamie uh first. Either a first time host or you know a returning host like Dave or Stephen Marty Um, first of all, do you have a favorite host so far out of these uh, 11 episodes?
2: Yeah. So it's a tough, it's a tough question. I would say top of my list. I really like Kiki. Aubrey Plaza is up there for me. Actually, I really liked this latest episode. And I think for me, when I think about hosts, there's kind of a, a sweet spot. Like I, I don't want the host that is just dominating and it kind of feels like the so-and-so show like that is definitely a turnoff for me but I also want to feel like the host is putting their personal touch on the show and like it couldn't just be any person subbed in for it so I think like when I think about screen time for me it's I find it's somewhere the folks in the middle that tend to be the ones that I enjoy the most and I don't know if that's just a, a coincidence or what it is but um yeah. Aubrey Plaza was actually a, a really strong episode for me. I I might put that at the top of my list right now.
0: Yeah, that definitely seems to be the vibe in our fan community. Um, the Aubrey Plaza one was just, I think everyone loved it. And that's the one um, I also put um, cast screen time up here and Aubrey Plaza had, you know, an hour, seven minutes. And the um, reason I bring that up is because it was heavy with cameos. So relating to the Michael B Jordan episode that had the highest amount of cast screen time. So, if you add up the screen time of all 16 or 17 when Cecily was there, you add up all of their numbers, you know, who has the most cast partic- participation, it was Michael B Jordan. So, whether you like that episode or not, that might be a reason why. Um and the Aubrey Plaza one was, you know, whatever, you know, 20 minutes less because you had Amy Poehler and you had uh, Tony Hawk for 20 seconds, things like that. Um, Bill, what about you uh, so far? I know, I think you're a fan of the Kiki one, right? Um, I know you, we talked about Steve and Mario together, but looking at these 12 hosts over 11 episodes, which one, I don't even want to really talk about the best episode, but like, who do you think gave the best performance as a host so far for you?
1: I, I completely agree with Jamie. I think Kiki and Aubrey are my two favorite episodes. Uh, well, that's, that's, played episodes. And I think there, there's something to be seen there because they were seamless in their roles. Um, you know, they they felt like they were part of the cast, which is what you kind of want to have. You know, this was all the talk we did about Steve Martin feeling like part of the cast back in the day. Like the, this is something that you really hope for, for me anyway. Um, and I rather that front and center. Uh, I felt like Michael's episode, it was good. and And there was a lot of a lot of good stuff. I think he was at his best in the pre-tapes and he was put into so many supporting roles in the live sketches. So that makes me wonder, like this has always been one of those overriding questions I have about the show. When you see stuff like this, Brendan Gleeson as well, like they get pushed into these supporting roles. Is it because they get a vibe at the beginning of the week that these, these very good actors, actresses aren't going to be able to, carry the sketches or much or they're reading from the cue cards too much what is the deal is there a correlation with all these things um that being said i think it was a very fine episode and i think he did great but again especially in the in the pre-tapes uh the state farm as we'll probably talk about and and the falling down
0: yeah i i think i i watched the episode i enjoyed it i actually got to watch it live and i maybe laughed out loud the most in this episode Um, Not just because, like I said, not because of the comedic chops of Michael B. Jordan, but, and like you said, Bill, he was kind of just put into sketches that really didn't need him to be in there. So it's not like I can blame him for that. But I just really liked, I'm really high on this cast right now. uh, And, you know, it might be a hot take, but I like think, I feel like the show has been freed from the chains of the vets and having this new era, having a host like Michael B. Jordan letting the cast just come forward and take over the show, I thought was like extremely refreshing and I was like pumped to see it. So upon rewatching it, I was like, I love this type of host who's just like a really talented actor is up for anything. As we saw with the Sarah sketch and like you said, the the state farm sketch, which might be, I don't know, it's up there for best pre-tape of the year, um, which is perfect casting for Michael B. Jordan. I mean, he was like unbelievable in that sketch jamie what do you think about the state farm sketch
2: i loved it that was an episode highlight for me um among a few others but yeah i think just thinking about like what he brings as a host i feel like we saw certain things early on in the episode with some of the like silliness and like where he was willing to kind of play certain roles and then we saw something very different in that um in that pre-tape and i think just for me like that that was the one that across the episode actually probably made me laugh the most and especially kind of the the conclusion and just the, the zinger there was was a big moment for me. But um yeah, I think both in terms of like his what he brought to it was great, but also just the sketch itself was was top notch for me.
0: Yeah, just love that one. And we're gonna look at the screen time for that episode. So revealing it now with Michael B. Jordan at the top with 1959. Keenan was number one, which uh, our poll on Instagram and Twitter people were guessing Andrew and Heidi, who are the next two. So Keenan was the first cast member with 11 minutes, 14 seconds, followed by Andrew Mukes career high, 10 minutes, 20 seconds. Heidi Gardner, 9 minutes, one. Marcelo, career high as well, seven minutes, 22 seconds. Chloe Feynman, six minutes, 48. Sarah Sherman, 614. Musical guest, Little Baby, 613, Michael Che, 6 minutes 2, JJ, 531, Mikey Day, 512, Bowen was at 4 minutes 21 seconds, Punky Johnson, 3 minutes 50, Ego Wodum, 335, Colin Jost, 3 minutes 8 seconds, Devin Walker, 1 minute 38, Michael Longfellow at 48 seconds, and Molly Kearney at 1 second. Um, they appeared very briefly at the end of the Southwest sketch. So if you missed them in that episode, they actually were in there real quick, um, as well as Ego was also in that sketch at the very end, um, also for a second. So Bill Kenny, you look at this list. Of course, the headlines are, you know, Marcelo gets a lead. Andrew has a big coming out episode. But I want to ask you because this is a, a theme this season and last is you you take away from this episode. Wow, great night for Andrew. Great night for Marcelo. Heidi. But yet, Keenan is still number one. So, I, I can't ask you if that's surprising because it's Keenan Thompson. But do you? Oma, is, th- does the eye test deceive you that you thought you saw more Andrew and Heidi than Keenan?
1: I think I had an idea that Keenan uh, was on, maybe not as much as Heidi or Andrew, but I, I think that uh, we've either discussed it on here or on one of the other podcasts. But I, I've said like it's it's amazing the MVP. Of, of the last twenty years is Keenan Thompson because he is able to seamlessly put himself into some of these roles that you almost forget that he was there. He doesn't have to be front and center of the exactly. entire thing. He doesn't have to be the main focus. Even at the roller coaster sketch, he wasn't the main focus. I think John said on Monday night, like it was funny cutting back to him and getting his getting his reactions. Um so I, I think that's just part of the brilliance of Keenan Thompson is that Sometimes you forget he's there. He's almost like the the super utility player on your on your baseball team. You you got the stars, you got the superstars, and he is definitely a superstar. But sometimes you forget he was the one who got the big hit, or maybe he's got he's the one who got the stolen base that kind of led to the winning of the game. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, uh, but he is higher than I thought he would have been.
0: Right. We like to use a lot of sports analogies on this show. I'm a big sports guy and clearly a big numbers guy. And to make a hockey reference, I feel like Keenan's just like a top pair defenseman who just eats minutes. He just he's there, just you know, protecting the puck all night. So, uh, Jamie, you look at this list here. Um, what what do you see? Anything that surprises you? I mean, I haven't talked to you about stats uh, for a while, so you're seeing a, a fresh batch right here. Uh, all the screen time for all these all these different players. The cast is smaller than it's been um, in like five six years. So people are getting a lot more opportunity. And we have rookies we haven't talked about yet. So uh, if you can, just give me uh, your overall take and maybe a take on one of the rookies this year.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting looking at this. There are are folks where I felt like they would be high on this list and they were high on the list. So Dismukes, Heidi, I feel like not surprising to see them near the top. It it felt like they just had that role in this episode. Um, I think it's... It's interesting looking on here. I feel like Sarah is one of those folks where I I always expect her to be higher than what the data shows, and I think you guys have talked about this a little bit just cuz she is so memorable. And like for me when I think about like just since the last time that I've been been on here, I feel like Sarah is really a headline for me in terms of just the impact that she has made. And I think some of that shows up in the numbers. I think sometimes it it doesn't always, but just the the niche she's carved for herself in the show and just how she has really kind of stepped up in the role she's played from last season. So I think that, that one is exciting for me. Um I mean looking at this episode in particular, it's interesting seeing Mikey with no like almost no live sketches. There's one, what is what was the tiny little one, the little green bar for Mikey?
0: Uh, the live. video game voices oh, okay yes, in yes, at the yes.
2: end. yeah, so that that's interesting, just in terms of of this episode here. always just frustrated to see punky solo on all of these charts. It just like time and time again, I'm just like what what do we have to do to like get get more punky like that? It, it just we can say it all the time, and it just doesn't become any less true um so, yeah, and I mean I think a among the the new folks I mean Marcelo for me is probably the one that I get most excited to see and so was really happy to see him have this episode and I think the whole group is is great so I don't think there is anybody that I would single out as being like oh I'm I'm not excited when I see them but um Marcelo I feel like there's just like an energy or, or something about kind of his presence on the screen that just feels really natural to me. So I'm hoping we can continue to see this and that this is maybe the start of a, of a bigger trend.
0: Yeah. I think that's been the buzzword all year with Marcelo as energy. Um, yeah. So definitely have been wanting to see him anchor a live sketch more than anything. And we got the wish this week um, with his career high and, you know, almost all of it is live, you know, we're seeing that, that green bar across um, his, his, uh, his stats right there. But yes, yeah, I mean, second best episode of the season for Bunky. Um, I don't know if that's saying a lot, but it's, you know, it is true. Three minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, she had 613 in the Megan the Stallion episode. And also uh, second best for Sarah. So I don't think she, you came away with from the night thinking that she was the star of the show, but, you know, had, a, had the opening sketch. I've been preparing some stats on um, first sketch of the night because I'm putting a lot more weight on that um, recently and i think you know hey you know monologue ends sometimes as a pre-tape you know before commercial come back it's sarah sherman i think that's a, a good sign for her and um yeah just like heidi gardner all over the place again um live sketches co-anchoring the southwest sketch with devin walker um, and then yeah she's in the she's the stripper's girlfriend um which i think she had a hand right in that sketch so big night for Heidi. We've been definitely uh, giving her some much needed praise this season. But we're gonna talk about our our buddy Andrew Dismukes because uh, a, a common topic on this podcast has been like, what's the deal with Andrew? Like, is he not getting roles? I think Bill. I think we talked about this like pretty in depth uh, last time you were here, and now it's a perfect time to have you back because he had his best night of his SNL career. And so I figured I'd just throw up his whole season stats right now. And we were talking about trying to hypothesize why it was that Andrew was not getting, you know, the screen time we thought he was due for. And, you know, it, it has been, uh, he, it's definitely been growing in the past because season 46, he averaged a minute 47 an episode. Season 47, he averaged two minutes 46 seconds an episode. And now this season, he's averaging 354. So all positive trends. But we kind of felt like, oh, is he losing roles to some rookies? Is he losing um, some screen time because it's Cecily's last year, and maybe a lot of Cecily's sketches are getting put forth because it's their last chance. Um, and now here we are. It's like Andrew's big night. So right now, I put a list of his appearances this year, which has been 28 in order from the longest appearance to the shortest. And I also put the breakdown of where he's appeared. So I want to just open it up with a fun question first, Bill. Do you have a favorite Andrew moment of just this season? Oh, this season, boy. Um, the list I think, is pretty good. and I feel like his output is like really underrated.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, King Brothers Toyota probably jumped to the top for me uh, after this week. Uh, it was just such a fun sketch. Uh, seeing him and James work together, uh, not a lot of, uh, I mean, it was just kind of this basic idea that this new restaurant had ruined their business and kind of trapped them off of this exit. If you don't take the hard left, you're, you're not getting there. Hard Um, left. Hard left. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think that was probably the best. but he's had so many good ones, uh, in the limited time that we've seen him, uh. Uh, headshots was another good one, too, as I'm looking down this list, so yeah, I mean, two of his top ten
0: appearances of the year were in this episode uh sixth longest appearance uh right here, yeah, well of course, uh from screen time, we have yeah third is King Brothers Toyota, and then we have the video game session and the male confidence seminar, so they're all um over two minutes in there, but we also had as as bill said, the headshot sketch from Brendan Gleason he was in the return of David pumpkins, the try Guy sketch and the the infamous Joker wedding sketch. So those are all like, you know, pretty other than David pumpkins, pretty Andrew led sketches. Um, yeah. Uh, Jamie, are you, are you a dis Mukes fan? Are you just Mukes head?
2: Definitely. No, this was one of the things where like, if I fast forward to what, six months ago or so, like kind of predictions for the season, I was predicting a, a bigger season for him than I feel like we saw from the start um so i think this this episode was just a really exciting one from the perspective of that storyline and just looking at kind of the the couple here that are in the the top 5 and just it you came away from this episode like really feeling feeling like he was a leader in it and i i just feel like that that really stuck with me from this episode and was very like actively positive about so kind of like an edge episode and i feel like just for me really pulled it in honestly like the two sketches here that are in the top five were probably my two favorite live sketches of the night so when i think about like quality it's it's not just that he's appearing he's like coming in and doing really great stuff when he does come on the screen too which is equally important
0: yeah absolutely and i I think the most important thing when talking about Andrew Dismukes is that he's just a cast member, and I this is something I look forward in any cast member, whether I like them or not, not so much. Or you know, for anybody, is just do they have a brand? I mean, that's kind of what you want um, for SNL. It's kind of like being a musician. Um, it's like you want to have a style. If you don't have a style, S, you know, SNL will teach you how to do it. But if you you know if you come in with a style, hopefully they can cultivate an atmosphere where that style can thrive. So, I mean, Andrew, he came into SNL season 43, he's only 22 years old. So, he's really coming of age at, you know, at 30 Rock. And it's like a couple couple years under his belt, you know, under Joost and Che, Mikey Day, um, Streeter Seidel, Anna Dresden, you know, these writers. And then he's in the cast. We actually saw Andrew Zemuke's. And the Kristen Stewart monologue the year before he joined. So, you know, he's one of those writers that popped up. Like He came in with uh, Stephen Castillo. And if you didn't catch him on uh, on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers last night, uh, check it out. Good interview. And he was talking about how he was the hands of the dog in the Sam Rockwell episode from season 43, his rookie year. And so we saw a reprise of that sketch last year in the Simu Liu episode, and Martin Hurleyhe from PDD was the hands of the dog, so that might be your rite of passage going forward. is you know, to be <laughs> wearing a hoodie with a dog or a lab coat and just you know be the hands of the dog. So that's uh, it's just kind of funny just to see the trajectory. And now we're talking about him as like a future star. Um, you know maybe this will be the, this Mukes era. We'll look back and say that. But you know comes in with Punky Lauren Holt and now as a cast member and could could have gone self. You know you never know, but Obviously, the show trusts him to elevate him, much like Bowen Yang. Um, and I don't think we, we saw it coming too much. And now it's like we have a night where Andrew has 10 minutes of screen time. That's like a Kate McKinnon night. So that's a Will Ferrell night. So uh, looking at the breakdown, cold open 19% of his time, but live sketches 70% of the time. Haven't seen him on update this year other than to fight Bowen dresses as corn. So I'd like to see Andrew uh, do an update piece. So, Bill Kenny, any, uh what's your prediction for the rest of the season for Andrew before we wrap up?
1: Well, I think Jamie makes some good points as far as going into the season. And, and you and I talking about this the last time, uh, w- the two people we were most concerned about, or at least that I was most concerned about, was, was Andrew and James, Austin Johnson. Uh, because there were such high expectations going into their third and their second years, respectively. And we didn't see as much as we thought we were going to see. Uh, I hope this is an upward trend. um I hope that this this thought that because Cecily's gone, he'll get more time is is an interesting one. Uh, I heard you guys talking about that a few weeks ago as well, and uh i I think that's pretty interesting that uh he wasn't getting as much on because Cecily was there um but if we see this upward trend for the next ten episodes then that that that'll be proven true. So I, I think this is a really good sign to to what's coming for Andrew.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I the beauty of this cast is that, you know, is, is it gonna be a Sarah night? Is it gonna be an Andrew night where, you know, this is Egos night? You know, we we expect a night for I would say Keenan and I would say Bowen. Um, those are two people in the cast that I'm like I think you can heavily rely on. I put a stat out there this week of if you turn on SNL at any given moment and it's, it's on, it's not like a commercial or the Good Nights or the intro montage, what is the probability you'll you'll see this person? Um, and of course, it's like Keenan at the top and uh, Heidi, Chloe, Bowen. Uh, so I think it's just fun. I, and Jamie, that was your opening take. It's just like, I don't know what I'm going to see. And that's all I really want from SNL is obviously I'm a huge fan of the show. Some nights it's great, some nights it's not that great. But I love it every single time because of that aspect of it. That's why I love live sports. It's just anything can happen. Um, so yeah, basically, I for the folks at home just want to read the stats out. Andrews appeared twenty eight times, two cold opens, seventeen live sketches, eight pre tapes, one brief appearance and update as corn as mentioned. So twenty eight appearances total for forty two minutes fifty three seconds. So that's his season right now. And looking back, you know, his classmate Bunky, She's appeared ninety two times in three seasons as a cast member and Andrew's appeared one hundred and thirty one, so just to uh get someone on his on his uh even playing field.
1: And poor Lauren Holt. <laughs> Are you a Lauren Holt fan? Uh no, no. I'm just saying like from that class we've
0: Yeah. I know maybe there's something going on that you have to sacrifice somebody. You gotta, you know, if for Heidi and Chris Red to thrive, you had to sacrifice Luke Null. Just something we had to to uh do, you know. And maybe I mean, hey, I think J and Sarah Sherman, I mean, what a class that is. And then you have poor Aristotle, so it's it's just part of the game of SNL. So we're gonna look at the power rankings because we have eleven episodes of data. And it's time to check out who's, who's, who are the movers and shakers here. So after 11 episodes, this is, uh, of course, an average of screen time, appearances, recurring roles, where you are in the show, saying live from New York, everything in one convenient number. I put, uh, if you moved up, if you moved down, we're at 16 cast members right now. Um, and of top, top of the list, Keenan Thompson, averaging 107 points an episode followed by Heidi Gardner. She's up two spots from last week. Uh, she's at 93.5. Mikey Day, number three, 89.3. Owen Yang dropped two spots from last week. Uh, his episode this week was a 66.8. His average is now at 89.3. Ego Wodum is in fifth at 78.3. Colin Jost dropped down to sixth. He is at like about a 78 average. Chloe Feynman's in seventh at 74.9, an eighth spot. J.A.J., 64.6. Ninth is Sarah Sherman, 61. Tenth spot, Andrew Dismukes, who went up, of course, with his career best episode. He is at a 54.55. Number 11, Michael Che, 53.8. Michael Longfellow, 39.7. Thirteenth spot, rose two spots this week. Marcelo Hernandez at 39.15. Fourteen, Devin Walker, 37.9. 15th spot is punky at 36.5 and 16th is molly kearney at 29.3 jamie this is your first time looking at the entire season as a whole i color coded all the episodes so you can look back and see that was a great night for them or a not so great night what do you think about the way this cast um looks right now considering there's no keenan i uh, sorry not keenan uh kate 80, Cecily, Pete Davidson, Chris Redd, Kyle Mooney, all the there's, there's so much room right now. Is this the way you saw the cast shaking out after eleven episodes?
2: Yeah, so I think there's some here that are not surprising at all. Bowen, honestly, I I might have even expected to be a little bit higher. Like when I think about just like standout stars of the show that I would expect to be doing even more of the heavy lifting, like I would have I would have probably predicted at least top three for him. Um, but still, I mean, pretty solid at number four. Um, I think the the top five overall, so um, just kind of looking at this list here, I don't think there's any major shockers for me in that top five. But again, kind of how they're they're shaking out is a little bit surprising for me. And I don't think I necessarily would have predicted Heidi at number two. And I'm very pleasantly surprised to see her end up in that place. So I I love this view. I love being able to see the like week to week shifts um, and just kind of seeing the, the color coding here is just such a cool way to visualize it. But um, I would say overall top five, not super surprising, but kind of the ordering, um, maybe not what I would have guessed.
0: Yeah, I mean, tight race. Mikey Day is averaging eighty nine point three seven, and yeah. Bowen Yang's eighty nine point three four. I'm talking, you know, second decimal place separate. Yeah, I those. guess
2: I'll give him top three, maybe then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we can we can round.
0: I know it's like it's that's why I'm gonna put two decimal points because it's it's yeah, this you gotta, this stat, it's that close. <laughs> it, it involves literally thousands of pieces of data, and so it's like to see it move. It's like it's crazy how much uh, influences that um bill kenny what do you think
1: well i i think that heidi's exactly where i thought she would be uh and i'm happy to see it you know she had those couple of of kind of mediocre episodes in the middle there um but this week proved again what a force she is uh she is such a great actress beyond the comedic chops that she has um what, what she was able to do in that stave farm and it, it took me back to her in the pre-tape uh, with uh, Austin Butler, the Christmas epiphany. She can do so much with just a look. She has that ability that so few actors have. Um, so to see her number two is is very satisfying. Uh, I think I'm happy to see where Chloe is as well. Uh, she was one of those people at the beginning of the season. We didn't know, was she going to go the route of Melissa Villasenor and see her kind of continue to fade into obscurity. Um I think the only and it's not a huge disappointment but it's a little shocking is Ago. I think kind of would have put Heidi and Ago 1 and 1A one as far as female cast um and interchange them as far as you know who you thought would be leading the the cast on that side. I I think she's had a lot more mediocre weeks than I would have expected. Um still obviously a star, she's in the top 5. It's not a huge deal. She's not going anywhere, but um I think I would have expected her to be just a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, so we have um Ego looking at her episodes. Great um episode eight, which is um Steven Marty, and then great episode with uh Megan Thee Stallion. So other than that, you know, I kind of consider over a hundred to be like a standout night for somebody. So that's why we see Heidi Garden with a 135 in this last episode, Andrew with a 126, and Marcel with a 105. You know, numbers don't lie. They clearly had a great night. So yeah, I I would have thought that by now, um, Ego had a couple more good episodes than she's had. Um, And we talked a lot about the era of the women of SNL. You know, think about we started SNL 1975 with Gilda, Jane, and Lorraine, and you know, there's something to be said about that group of three. And then you know, we we say Kate, 80, Cecily. Cecily, Katie, 80. 80, Kate. Sorry, it's hard to say those in a different order. I'm so used to saying Kate, 80, Cecily. Yeah, all right, there we go. Um, and so now I think that those three women you mentioned, Bill, Heidi, Ego, and Chloe, I see them as kind of that team of like, you can see pairings of them a lot. they're more you know more veterans some than some of the new people, but you know, in comes Sarah Sherman, and it's like I don't i mean we saw sketches that are like kind of a group of women, you know, like the Bachelorette sketch last week where Sarah can slide into that, no problem but um I'm interested to see if Sarah latches next to one of the other three just because we saw so many Kate 80 pairings. And of course, like the girl, uh girlfriend talk show, which is like Cecily and 80. So it's like this, those combos, of course, you know, after so many years, you're going to see every permutation of those, of that group. And you're going to see Keenan with everybody and you're going to see this and that. But uh, Jamie, do you see Sarah Sherman kind of being a lone wolf with her unique style? Or do you think, you know, we could, of course, we can see anything, but with uh, the three I just mentioned, Heidi, Ego, and Chloe, if you were to pick one of those three women in the cast that you could see her and Sarah, you know, leading a sketch together, like say this week, who do you think is most likely to be?
2: Yeah, so I, I would love to see continued pairings. I think Sarah and Chloe, like it's it's a little bit. I I don't know. There's just something in the quirkiness that it's different types of quirkiness, but like a quirkiness that I feel like could feed off of each other. Well, so I would like to see more of that pairing. Um, I think just overall, like I, I can see Sarah kind of playing both roles, right? Like I feel like she could lead, lead a sketch that's very much in that, like Sarah Brandon tone and just like do her own thing and have like some supporting players around her. Or I feel like they do stick her in these like group of, three to four women type sketches. And I, I think she'll continue to play that role. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting looking here just at, at Sarah's numbers here. Like she has some mediocre weeks, but she doesn't really have a lot of like bad, bad weeks. Like the lowest thing she has here is like in the thirties, like not seeing a lot that are really color coded in that red range. And just looking at kind of the lower half of the list, Other than Michael Che, which I feel like is a little bit of an anomaly, just given his role, like other people have that fluctuation where they have that one bad week, even JJ, like uh, a week that's pretty low or dismukes a few weeks that are really low. And it's interesting to me that like, even if she isn't always at that, like tip top range, it seems like there's maybe this consistency we're starting to see with her. So I hope I hope that continues.
0: Phil, I got got to uh, I got to tag you in here. Um, do you see Sarah Sherman pairing coming up anytime soon? We saw her debut episode ten to one with uh Mewks, and we go is you know is this a new thing? We've seen a couple uh, Heidi and Chloe pairings this uh, season on update. They did like a jim Jim ske- uh, sketch with Megan the stallion together uh so we're you know that's somewhat familiar territory, but uh Sarah Sherman, you know you can open up to the mail cast too, if you want, but i'm I'm thinking about the, the vets more. you know what do you think you could see Sarah doing going forward?
1: I would love to see her more with Sarah and and Heidi together, and I think uh, that's most proven by that last that strippers wife sketch uh, when it was kind of turned on its head, where Sarah was playing the straight role and Heidi's running around with this hose between her legs and hitting Sarah in the face Uh, was so was so great to see kind of the other side of Sarah uh, as as fun as the the Sarah squirm stuff at the beginning of the season uh, at the beginning of the episode and it getting front and center, uh, was great to see her play those other roles. I think that's important. I think, you know, we discussed this with James Austin Johnson too. him playing other stuff other than his impressions and getting to see the last two weeks, how much he's been able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, would love to see that. I'd love to see her with, with James as well. I think there's a lot of potential there, uh, seeing the, the castmates who came in together work together. It'd be a lot of fun to see.
0: Right. I think I feel like there's like kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling when you see that. Like I I was mentioning uh this muke's coming in with Punky, at least in the cast anyway, and it's like, oh I would I would love to see that too. It'd be kind of fun. Um just to see what that would look like. Um and yeah, I mean Sarah Sherman obviously pops in on update, um, by herself, as herself. We talked about the Eyes sketch, the Jewish Elvis sketch, and now this roller coaster one, which really just seems like a Sarah Sherman piece. Which is nothing wrong with that, but um, yeah, I, I would that's something I always want to see new things, and like, yeah, I want to see her co-anchor something. Um, and if you guys can think of an example that I'm missing, then uh, please let me know. And then you know, before we uh, you know uh, say goodnight on this, but uh, I think it's officially time to have the conversation about Molly because I haven't seen them on update yet, and I think after the four episodes we saw Michael, Devin, and Marcelo. We saw Marcelo again, and we saw Michael again. Devin Walker had a great week last week. I thought it was his best episode, at least in my opinion. So I think this is the week. Um, this Saturday, need to see Molly at the update desk. You guys agree with me? I feel like having having a, three episodes this year under 10 points is not good. Jamie? Yeah, no,
2: I'm I'm a little bit worried for them. I feel like the the clock is kind of ticking as like sad as that sounds. So yeah, I would love to see, um, see Molly on, on an update piece. I think um, there have been bright spots, right? Like looking at, at this, this historical data, like there are, there are bright spots where there is a great episode here and there, but the consistency worries me. So I, I am a little bit worried.
0: Yeah, two bright spots I can think of that I I was really high on was the PDD sketch, and I was going to talk about them next. To is is the election night with Molly was great, and the new cast members sketch and the Brennan Gleason, which was you know the second episode this year. So I feel like there is real estate in SNL for Molly to be Molly. So I I'm definitely down for if that's their path, and it doesn't go too much further than that. I think. You know, Kyle Mooney did that. So it's something that even Melissa did that once in a while. So it's definitely a there's definitely space in SNL for someone to do that, and Molly could definitely excel at that. But I don't really know if the live sketches have been too favoring. I don't know, Bill. Is there a live sketch you can think of that it was like? I mean, we saw Molly do the Catholic school with Aubrey, so that was probably or the Hello Kitty one. Uh, there's two that I thought of, I guess, just right now. But one that you were like, wow, Molly was really great in that sketch and not just,
1: wow, Molly was in that sketch. Yeah, I, I think the nun sketch last week with Aubrey was probably the highlight of the live sketches. Uh, My, my optimism, my optimistic side wants to think of them as Bowen. Uh, if we had had a podcast when Bowen started, there was a lot of talk at the time. They didn't know what to do with Bowen. You know, he's the first Asian cast member. He's openly gay. You know, hasn't been a lot of that in the history of SNL, sadly. And they found a way to get uh, Bowen in roles that weren't stereotypical. So I would hope the same for Molly. Um, But, you know, this time of year, you know, we worried about this with Aristotle last year, Lauren Holt the year before it's it's It is starting to be go time, like we need to find roles for them to play that are meaty, that are have enough on them, uh, not just a background role, not just something where they come in for two seconds and they disappear. Uh, so I'm still hopeful, and I think last week with Aubrey uh, was a good sign, but then we were right back to not a lot to do. What you say one second this week. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's I I, one. I really hope it doesn't go the path of Aristotle. Right. It's just it's so tough. I mean, we we talk about
0: this, you know, the competition aspect of this show in, in a positive way because it's such a dynamic show, and I I think that should be celebrated. That it's it's a gauntlet of a show. We we hear uh, Bill Hader, you know, say the negative side of that too, which is that he had like crippling anxiety doing this show. So to come in with a group of four. You know, I, I think back to the um, Beck Bennett, John Milhiser, Kyle Mooney, um, Mike O'Brien, Brooks Whelan, Noelle Wells, like this. I mean, I, of course, some of those had better success than others. But to come in with a group and see every everyone else succeed, it's like, of course, you're happy for them. But it's like I, with Molly, I just want to see maybe... Some breakout thing that you don't see coming, I guess. Because with Aristotle, I think, I mean, he stole the hearts of the fandom. I think with uh, with Angelo, so something like that goes a long way. Even if you don't get picked up for a season two, so I think that's not a bad place to be in if you can have that one moment. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a character. It can just, you know, it can be like I said, Molly being Molly. Um, so yeah, anything else on the cast this year, Jamie? um you know i hope i hear from you again soon but as far as looking at this season we have 10 episodes left so we're kind of right at the inflection point halfway point and i think anything's possible but is there something that you want to see um that we haven't already mentioned
2: yeah i think just consistency and a few of the the folks that are in kind of that that middle tier here and just kind of seeing if that if if we see a little bit more of the trajectory. I, I think JJ is an interesting one. We we haven't talked about him too much, but I'm, I'm curious to see kind of where, where some of the numbers there go. I feel like he's another one where like, we were talking earlier about pairings. I feel like there's a lot of pairings that I enjoy him with. Seeing him with Dismukes this week was just a real treat. And I would love to see more of that pairing. So like, I, I want to get him into these different combos. Like he's so versatile. So when you have someone who, is versatile like that i i don't want him to get pigeonholed into yes we know he does great impressions so like play into the versatility put him in these different pairings let us enjoy and like just want to see that be a little bit more of maybe a a consistent trend but he's great I, i don't have any doubt that we will see that eventually i think it'll just be a question of when.
0: right i'm actually super glad you brought up jj jamie because i i think i'm like I don't think I'm alone in this, but like this guy might be one of the most talented people that this show has ever seen, and i I don't say that lightly. I just think that he's somebody who's probably worked maybe harder than anybody at what he does, and it's it's not easy. I mean, we see how funny these people are, how talented at actress Heidi is, or how seasoned Keenan is. We saw Kate do with such ease. Cecily is so versatile, people like that. When I see JAJ on the live stage on this show, I'm like, this guy is absolutely incredible. So, you know, when we look at the stats and he dips and he goes up, and we're like, all right, you know, sophomore year, sophomore slump maybe, you know, or is he just going to play Trump um, for election cycle and Biden while he's president and stuff? And I'm like, I think he is a Phil Hartman candidate. I don't think he, you know, will ever be a Bill hater type cast member but being a phil hartman i think is like the highest comment i can give and i think bill agrees with me what do you think bill jaj J., final thought
1: yeah i completely agree i think uh it, the importance of having an a perfect impressionist like jaj J. cannot be overstated and you only have to point to mikey day's god-awful merrick garland in the cold open I, I love Mikey. I do. I really do. But I keep getting thrown by how bad his impressions are. And I, I kind of went through his list today to look to see what else, uh, if there was any impressions that stuck out to me. And other than doing uh, Trump Jr., which wasn't a an impression per se either. Uh, he's not good at impressions. Why do we keep insisting on this? So I think having someone like JJ in the cast to be able to fill those roles like a hater, a Jay Farrow, a Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, uh, a Daryl Hammond, uh, and being able to slide them into the roles like he did with the private eye, which he did as the the pastor in the beach uh, sketch this week. I, I think that's really, really important to have somebody like that in the cast. Um that is something that the show built itself on from the very beginning. Since Ackroyd was doing Jimmy Carter, I don't think we can shy away from having somebody who has a solid take on people who are in our culture.
0: Yeah. I I think my only take on the Mikey thing is just that Mikey, one of his strengths as well as the weaknesses is that he can blend. So he could probably, you know, body type and physicality and that kind of thing can just, you know, put makeup, a wig, and a costume on, and just you know, you're 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 the Attorney General right now. Um, Mikey has been in nine out of the eleven cold opens so far, um, followed by Keenan, who's been in eight, and JJ, who's been in seven. So you know, kind of the the two veteran male cast members. It's no surprise, I guess, especially in the political sphere. But um, yeah, my, Mikey Day doing that. I mean, I don't know. I did not think it was that bad, but. <laughs>
1: It was. I was kind of funny. Go listen to ten seconds of the actual Merrick Garland, and you'll be like, "Wow, what was he doing?" I refuse. (laughs) I will not do that. Um,
0: (laughs) uh, But I was surprised. I mean, hey, SNL starts, and it's it's Mikey Day at the podium. I didn't see that coming. So Um, anyway, let's look ahead. This week we have one more show in this run. Um, This Saturday, hosted by Pedro Pascal and musical guest Coldplay. Jamie, you a Coldplay fan?
2: Not really. Okay. I mean, all, I, yeah, very just neutral, but.
0: Yeah, they've been on SNL a lot. So they're, they're like an SNL staple, yeah. like, you know, Foo Fighters, they're kind of like a contemporary band that has lasted about 20 years or more that's been on SNL a lot. So, Bill, I mean, we, we do, we do zero music talk on this show. Um, so you a Coldplay fan?
1: I am a Coldplay fan, and, and I tease my wife because she's not up on, on music as much as I am, and, that, and we finally got to a band or a musical act this year that she recognized, so good good for that, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm really excited. I do like Coldplay a lot, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I,
0: I think Michael B. Jordan episode last week might be my favorite of the season, but definitely weak in the music category, so. I'm hoping that Coldplay is, you know, they're, they're, at least if they bring something to the table, I'm happy about that. Um, and Pedro Pascal, you guys have to enlighten me because I don't know who that is, but I'm excited what? about it. So you, t- you tell me, Bill. Fill me in real quick before we say goodnight. Okay.
1: Night. <laughs> Star Wars, my friend. Come on. He is the Mandalorian. Uh, I don't
0: watch any Star Wars, but I've I heard of it. I, the Mandalorian, that is. Of course, I've heard of Star Wars, but.
1: Okay. Well, I, I'm super excited as a huge Star Wars fan. Uh anytime we get somebody, it's been since Adam Driver, really, that we've had Star Wars and uh you know, SNL and Star Wars have crossed paths all the way back to season four with Carrie Fisher. True. Um, and, Mandalorian and, though, that guy wears like a suit, right? Do you ever see his face? Uh not really, no. Okay. No, but, but he is also now in The Last of Us, which is a fantastic show. So good. And, so yes.
0: good. I've yes. heard good yes. things about that and um, it takes place in Boston, I guess. I just heard that yesterday yes. on yes. the local news. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, you know, maybe I should once in a, I, I should have my, uh, guests enlighten me on what's going on in <laughs> pop culture. But yeah, I mean, I've heard of Baby Yoda as a Kyle Mooney. Um, so this might be a good week for, uh, this might be the only good week for Baby no. Yoda to pop in.
1: No, no, Baby Yoda.
0: Let's Kyle, the, please uh, do not come back. <laughs> we're going to get the, uh, hashtag trending um for the baby yoda return so bill you can be on the right side of history you can be on the wrong side of history but that's up to you (laughs) um jamie are you familiar with uh with uh, pedro pascal outside of mandalorian oh you said last of us that's right
2: yeah so i actually i did not know of him until the last of us i have not watched mandalorian i know it's, it's i need to but um He has been fantastic on The Last of Us. And I feel like he is going to be a breakout star of that show. And I am so excited for the timing of this hosting because I feel like I am just on a huge kick of his right now and just feel like I discovered this fantastic actor. And it actually makes me want to go back and watch some of his other stuff as well. So I am very excited. This is like three in a row hosts for me that I am like, just genuinely over the top excited about, so yeah, really looking forward to next week.
0: I love that. Um, that makes me happy. Uh, see, seeing, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm just weird about hosts. I guess I, I, I give me hosts that I've never heard of. I want my, I, I, my neighbor down the street to host SNL. I'll be happy. Um, my eighth grade English teacher could host, and I'd be like, this is the right choice this week. Um, so I, this will probably be good because. I mentioned Regé Jean Page. I Love that episode. Ariana Anna De Love that episode. I had never heard of Kiki Palmer. Thought she was incredible. So like just things like this. K- keep me in the dark about SNL, and I love the show. Um, so uh, first host from Chile. Fifth host from a Spanish-speaking country. So you know diff- uh, different first there, and uh, that about does it. So I want to thank Jamie being a guest tonight so glad you could make it and tell us about what's going on with tv show graphs and where can we find you
2: yeah so you can find some of my graphs on either instagram at tv show graphs twitter also at tv show graphs or uh, website tv show com. all very consistent um so yeah no i am very into all things tv data just kind of pulling together anything that has to do with television history and kind of looking at things from that numbers lens. So um, recently did a graph on the wonderful Betty White, just a little bit of a a tribute there. Um, And yeah, have some other fun stuff coming up, doing a lot lately with like ratings data and whatnot. So um, yeah, definitely if you're into that, go check it out.
0: Uh, Strong endorsement from me as someone who does not watch TV. I still like the graphs. So if you like TV, you'll love the graphs (laughs) off air, Bill was talking about them too. So, um, Bill Kenny, where can we find you? Because I know you got stuff going on and it's, it's the off season of baseball, but something's going on over there.
1: Uh, I'm not nearly as good of a follow as Jamie. Jamie's one of the best follows on Twitter. Uh, those graphs are fantastic. Uh, you can find me at bklove 73. Uh, I don't have much to say this time of year other than SNL because my football team stinks. And baseball hasn't started yet, so. <laughs> but follow me in the spring for sure. <laughs> At BKLove73. At BKLove73.
0: Best Twitter handle in the game. I mean, hey, it's it's we're in a year that ends in three. Is that significant for you, Bill?
1: Uh it may be. Uh, I'd rather not say. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It it might might yes, be for me yes, too. Yes, this is a big yeah. year.
0: All right. Okay. Well, for Jamie Burwood, Bill Kenny. I am Mike Murray. We have the the patron feedback show tomorrow night hosted by John Schneider. Tune into that. And I will be back here February 8th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with more numbers. There's, there's always more numbers. It's like pie. It never runs out. So we will see you next time. Good night, everybody.